know, sometimes it can be a little awkward when you're just waiting for the next thing to happen and not sure what's going on. But we definitely want to make time for the Holy Spirit, make room, make place for the Holy Spirit to have his way to minister to his people. Was there anybody ministered to this morning? You know, Jesus came to set the captives free. He came to destroy the works of the devil. And I think he really likes doing that. And so do we. Amen. You know, and and we do want more. We want to allow God to express his gifts through his people when he wants to. Because you have gifts in you. You have deposits of grace in you. And just like Candy was saying, no one's insignificant. And you need to open yourself up. Earlier, Paula said to me, the Lord was saying abandonment. We need to abandon ourselves to him. And that also means allowing him to use you how he wants to use you. And not hiding behind the lie of, I don't have anything to offer. I'm insignificant. That is a lie. Because the word of God has something other to say, to say about that. How God feels about you and what he's done for you and what he's deposited inside of you. And as much as he loves you, he didn't give you that gift or those gifts just for you. He gave you those gifts so that you can say, okay, Lord, show me how, show me where. And then you go around blasting people with his love. So to speak. (laughs) Paraphrase. (laughs) The word of God may not actually say it that way, but you can paraphrase with me. Just want to encourage you to continue to give yourself to the Lord. You know, we've been sharing in First Peter chapter four for the last few weeks. And I want to share some I want to continue along those lines. And if you're if you're tired of hearing me talk about hospitality, that's okay. Just forgive me. Because I believe the Lord is wanting to say something and wanting to do something in our lives significantly. You know, there's a passage in um, 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. It says, but the Holy Spirit distinctly and expressly declares that in the latter times, some will turn away from the faith, giving attention to deluding and seducing spirits and doctrines that demons teach. So the Bible says that in the latter days, do you think we're in the latter days yet? That in the latter days, people will turn away from their faith. In Jesus. In Matthew chapter 24, 10 through 13, it says, and then in the context of this, Jesus said that the, you know, the buildings, the temples would be destroyed. And his disciples came and asked, when will the end be? What's going to happen? And they kind of explained to us what you mean. And then in the midst of that, he says, talks about the persecution, talks about all the chaos that's going to be happening. And in the midst of that, he says, and then many will be offended and repelled and will begin to distrust and desert him whom they ought to trust and obey. So many people are going to get offended because of the trials, 
because of the challenges that are going on. They're going to get offended and, and upset and bitter and everything. They're going to begin to turn from Jesus, turn away from him, and will stumble and fall away and betray one another and pursue one another with hatred. And many false prophets will rise up and deceive and lead many into error. And the love of the great body of people will grow cold. And that word love is agape. And that's God's kind of love, right? Now, only God's people can love with God's kind of love. The Bible says that we have the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So I believe right here he's talking about the church. He's talking about the saints. He's talking about God's people. Their love is going to grow cold. People are going to begin to turn away from Jesus. So it's like when the heat gets turned up, people are going to begin to turn. The love of the great body of people will grow cold because of the multiplied lawlessness and iniquity. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says, And let us consider and give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another, studying how we may stir up, stimulate, and incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities, not forsaking nor neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. So right here in Hebrews, it's saying that we need to get together to be attentive, to be mindful of encouraging one another, loving one another, and stirring one another up to love and good works. And it says, even more so as you see the day drawing close. So there's a lot of admonitions in the word of things that's going to happen in the last days. And many of us believe that we are definitely right in the middle of that. And it's telling us right here what to do. That we need, don't forsake to get the assembling together. We need to come together for the purpose of encouraging each other. See, here's, here's what I think is really cool about God. There's going to be some really traumatic, tremendous, horrific things happening in this planet. Trials. Not sure how it all, it's all going to play out and everything. Some people believe that we're going to be raptured out and not have to go through any of it. I personally don't believe that. I don't believe the word teaches that we're going to miss all that. I wish and I hope, but I believe that we are going to go through some things, some serious things. And in the midst of that, remember, as we've been talking about first Peter, the backdrop of that, that context, the backdrop of that story, when that the Christians were being persecuted by Nero and they were going through all kinds of hardships and everything. And right there, the word of the Lord tells his people to, first of all, be attentive to prayer. I mean, pray like nobody's business. Again, it's a paraphrase. The second thing is, is to intensely love one another. Now, remember, the Bible says that in the latter days, the love of many is going to grow what? And then in first Peter, it says intensely, intensely love one another. So we see what's going to happen in the last days, but then we hear the voice of the Lord and the word of the God, and he's telling us to go right into that. In other words, love's going to grow cold because of lawlessness, sin, and all that kind of stuff, hardships. You be fervent in your love. Don't allow your love to grow cold. Don't allow it to, to cool off, to calm down, to burn out. And, we've been in, and we're even encouraging scripture to return to our first love. Amen? 
So we have to be mindful, even though we in Oklahoma aren't necessarily going through the hardships that people in other parts of the world are going through yet. We have to be mindful that there are things, the cares of this world, daily life, the daily grind, can cause our affection, our love for God and each other to diminish. My question is, how do you know that you will not be one of the people that the scriptures are talking about when it says many people will turn away from the faith? The love of many will grow cold. How do you know that your name is not in that passage or those passages? By the love we have for one another. That's true. We have to love one another. So if if I want to make sure that I'm not one of the many that turns away from Jesus... Because of offense. So I believe people are going to become offended with God because things aren't going to pan out the way they thought they were going to pan out. I mean, isn't that what happens? When people get bitter with God, they were believing him for something. They were expecting a certain situation to play out a certain way. They were expecting certain prayers to be answered. And it didn't happen the way they thought or it didn't happen at all. And so they get bitter with God. I mean, how many of us in here have had prayers go unanswered? Okay, the rest of y'all need to repent. Things happen and things don't happen. And we have a choice to get upset, frustrated, bitter with God. Or we can have the heart and say, you know what, God, I don't understand. I thought this and it didn't happen. I don't understand, but. And here's the time when you can stick that big button away. You say, but God, I'm going to come after you anyway. I'm going to continue to grab a hold of you. I'm not going to let circumstances or, or my situations cause me to shy back from you, but I'm going to hard press come after you aggressively. We have to have that kind of tenacity, brothers and sisters. Because things are going to happen not the way we think they're going to happen. How many times have you prepared for something and then it didn't, it to, you totally missed it? Didn't happen the way you thought. So what are we going to do? What am I going to do so I'm not going to be numbered once among the people who grow cold and turn away from God? And it's so cool because God has set up a system. He has set up a way for us to stay passionate for him. It says to intensify your, your prayer language. Be alert for prayer. And that's not just praying for situations, but that's communing with God. You know, everything is going crazy. So, God, I'm just going to grab a hold of you. I'm going to pray like I never have before. I'm going to run to you, God. And then the second thing is, is to love one another. If we are not intentional in practicing love for one another, your love will grow cold. Because the busyness of life will keep you distracted. How many of you know that? The care, the desires for other things. So we have to be intentional. And the Word of God is telling us to be intentional. It's saying intense love for one another. Intense. There's an intentionality behind that that I hear. And then he talks about here's how you do it on a practical level. Be hospitable. So I can say, I love you, I love you, I love you all day. But if I'm not willing to make time 
to carve out, to, to arrange my life around fellowship with other believers, that I'm just blowing a bunch of smoke. So we've been talking about hospitality, and I believe it is a, is a, is a key. It is a key. Remember the first, the early church back in Acts, when they, you know, they were starting to get saved, and they were coming in by the droves, and, and it says that they, they got together in fellowship around the Word. They were listening to the Word of the apostles, and they were praying, but they were fellowshipping together. You notice that? It talks about them breaking bread, hanging out with one another. Then giving all their stuff away so they can make sure that nobody had need. But the key in there was, one of the keys is that they, they fellowship together. So what do I need to do to get started? If I desire to move in the area of hospitality. And I pray that you do not minimize the importance of hospitality. And the reason why I believe the Holy Spirit keeps having me talk about this is because he's wanting to maximize the importance of this practical thing, hospitality. So what do I do? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 says, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Making the most of your time, you have to grab a hold of your time and begin to manage your time and not let your time manage you. That's a whole teaching right there by itself. Time management. Time, you know, how many times have you said and you've heard people say, there's just not enough time. And you know what? Even if we were given more time, guess what? There still wouldn't be enough time. So if the Lord were to give you five more extra hours a day, and you're still living the same way that you are now, next thing that's going to happen is you're going to consume that five hours and say, there's still not enough time. So we have to learn to be good stewards of the time that we have because we all have the same amount of time. Another teaching for another day. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The days are evil. Redeem the time. Understand what the will of the Lord is. And I believe one thing that he's speaking to us right now is hospitality with a capital H. We need to figure out what it is that's keeping me from moving forward in this direction. Ask the Lord for help. We need to overcome the obstacles. If you or I am not practicing hospitality, there are reasons. There are barriers. I mean, if, if the reason is you just don't care and don't want to, okay, you just need the Lord to change your heart in that situation. But we need to figure out what's causing me from moving forward. And allow, the whole, allow the Holy Spirit to help me overcome those so I can move. One of them may be you don't want to invite people into your home or lives because you don't trust people. Maybe you've been burned. You've been hurt. You have trust issues. Your heart has been broken. Your soul is heavy because of the way people have acted. Well, I have some good news and some bad news. The bad news is, is people are going to continue to act that way. Hope that wasn't real bad news for you. The good news is the Holy Spirit gives us grace so that we can forgive. And he gives us his love so that we can walk in his love, which covers a multitude of sin. So if you've been hurt, trust has been violated. And so as a result, you just keep yourself to yourself. 
you need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Because if you allow yourself to stay in that situation, to stay bound up like that, you will not be able to walk in all that the Lord has for you. You will not. Amen? And we do have gifts here. You know, one, you've heard me talk about this before, but we have gifts. There are gifts in the body to help you, help me. Help my life, help my, my, um, help me in the situations that I'm in. We have Father's Heart Ministry that will help you dealing with these bondages, dealing with these, these heart issues, these heart pains or soul pains and everything that I call it. And Stephen Burke is, is in charge of that ministry. And if you realize that, man, I got some issues in my heart that's keeping me from people. Don't just be content with that. Talk to Stephen. He's one of the men on our staff, ministry team. I don't know if he's here today. Uh, but talk to him and say, hey, uh, what's this about Father's heart? And he would be glad to, to let you know what that's about. So you can move forward and let God minister to you in a wonderful way. Number two, maybe you're too busy and are, are waiting. Maybe you're too busy and waiting for the right time to practice hospitality. The right time. When someone figures out that right time, please let me know. And we will package it and make a bunch of money. Because we can say, I can sell you the right time for $9.95 plus shipping and handling. But wait, order today. I'm sorry. There is no right time. There is no right time. You have to make time. And how often have I said, you know, I'm going to, you know, everything's just real busy right now. So when things settle down, become less busy, when things get more orderly, then I will start inviting people over. Well, if you're waiting for that, then guess what? It's not going to happen. So in the midst of the busyness, because some, there's some busyness that you need to organize and, and get rid of. There's just some clutter in your life. I'm talking about your time that just needs to go. But there's some, some parts of life that are just busy that you're going to have to deal with. You're not going to be able to get rid of all that, but you can maneuver around that. And that's what we're learning to do. The business in our lives in the Ellis house has not diminished by any way. You know, I thought, okay, we got two kids gone. Whew, life's going to be easier. We can relax. Some of y'all, you know that's not true. We still have four awesome kids, two dogs, three cats, a horse and a half, a bunch of chickens. And we got all kinds of stuff. Got all kinds of stuff keeping our time occupied. But we're learning that we are going to make time for our priorities. And if hospitality is important to you, if you make it one of your priorities, then you will begin to push other stuff out of the way. And say, okay, this is important. I need to carve out time for this and push this other stuff. Turn the TV off. Instead of watching 10 hours of football, only watch five. And you know, on a practical note, you know, if you do this right, now I'm, I'm about to set some of you men free. You can watch, you know, football games last about three hours. Okay? Somebody's like, what? Three? Sorry. Three hours, three or three and a half hours if you're watching these high-powered offenses that throw the ball over. Anyway, three, three and a half hours. If you record the game and DVR it, you can watch that same game in 45 minutes. I'm telling the truth, brothers. I'm speaking truth in this house. Come on, somebody. 
So instead of taking nine hours or ten hours to watch three games, you can watch three games in three hours. That just saves you a bunch of time. Think of all the honeydews that you can do now. (laughs) So if you're too busy and waiting for the right time, the right time is not going to happen. You have to make time. You have to intentionally carve out time in your schedule. And if you have some challenging, now some of you may have some challenging and unique situations going on in your life. And so hospitality is, is, is like, man, I don't even see how I can get there. What I want to encourage you is not to give up, not to just say, sorry, I can't do that. But you engage the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, you know what my circumstances are. You know what's going on. Can you help me? How do I walk in this in my circumstances, and allow him to give you ideas. And I firmly believe he'll give you creative ideas, awesome ideas, and you'll be encouraged like, wow, I can do this too. Amen? So don't allow your, your unusual circumstances, or the, you may be in a, a particular season of life that may be extremely challenging. Don't allow that to disqualify you from this wonderful thing of hospitality. But that's the Holy Spirit. Help me, Lord. What do I do? If any man lacks wisdom, ask him, and he gives generously. That means he gives it a bunch. He's not stingy. Then number four, you don't feel like your house is clean enough. I think I struck a nerve. You know, I think that could be one of the, the, the practical Challenges or or barriers that keeps us from having people over. It's like, man, I can't invite anybody into my house like this. Especially all this brown stuff speckled on the front of my house. Are you kidding me? I see that stuff every day. Every day. But it's like, it's all right. This is reminding me I need to paint my house. That's all it's doing. It's reminding me. And so I want to encourage you not to let, you know, your house... The status of your house can be a big hindrance. And I want to encourage you not to allow it to continue to be a hindrance. You say, yeah, right, that's easy for you to say. Well, what we've done is we've invited somebody. We've invited a professional organizer to come and speak to us for about 10 to 15 minutes. And it's not me, so you can be happy. It's not me. You know, as we're talking to staff and everything, the ministry team, we want to help practical ways in removing the barriers so we as his children can move forward effectively. Amen. And so I've asked Andrea Hall to come. She uh, just a wonderful woman of God. Her and her husband are missionaries. They've been serving with YWAM for a number of years. Uh, and they also served with World Missions Ministries back in between 1999 and 2004. And they've recently in 2011 uh, join back with YWAM, and their goal is to get back on the mission field sometime in 2014. And I believe your oldest daughter is in the YWAM ministry. She's overseas right now. She's going to go to Thailand. Wow. Wow. So anyway, Andrea is a friend of this church. Uh, many of you know her, her and her husband's husband. <laughs> your husband. Her husband, Stefan. <laughs> her husband, Stefan are wonderful people that love the Lord. And it was interesting because when I was talking to Andrea about this idea, I said, hey, could you come share some tips and everything? And as she started talking about organization and, and decluttering your house and everything, 
I started getting fired up. I, th- I started getting excited about cleaning house. Now, something's... Either... <laughs> And that just shows that she has an anointing on her life in this area. When someone can talk about seemingly mundane things and get you fired up about the kingdom when they're talking about it, there's an anointing there. And so I've asked Andrea to come and and just ask her to share a few minutes and give us some practical tips. This might help. Praise God. Well, hopefully this will come as an encouragement and not an ouch, but I'm hoping it'll be a nudge for you this morning. I was also thinking of something, CJ, when there was ministry time this morning. God laid this on my heart, that this house is a place where people will come for spiritual cleansing, for emotional cleansing, and for physical cleansing. And what we're talking today is about a physical cleansing Because it opens up that vertical and horizontal relationship that you need in your life. Have you ever thought about how much time you spend looking for lost items? Keys, raise your hand or don't. (laughs) Important papers. Your time is valuable and it should be spent doing something meaningful. Anything we can do to free up time and mental energy can help us in our spiritual life with our family and friends, and once again, that vertical relationship with God and that horizontal relationship with man. So do you want to gain control of your home and your environment? Here's the cycle. We all know it. We buy stuff. We take care of stuff. We clean stuff. We find a place to put our stuff. And then it's time to get rid of stuff. So here are some points. Number one, have a place for your stuff. Here's a very practical tip, and that's how I operate. It's just totally practical. Never leave a room without improving the appearance of that room. Pick up something and put it away. Teach your children to do the same thing. Maybe at bedtime, you need to pick up five things every evening and put them away or you can put a number on it anything you touch should belong somewhere and should have a home number two is have a plan after you get stuff and decide the best place where to keep it figure out why you're keeping it there consider how you live and whether relocating a certain item would make more sense here's an example Mail that comes, you get in the mail, your physical mail, snail mail, um, can get out of control. And really, probably for all of us, it's the number one clutter thing that needs to be busted in our home is paper. So here's an idea. Maybe instead of opening your mail far away from the trash can, bring a trash can close by, process it, you know, kind of think like you're in a mail room and you're putting thing in its slots. Well, put your junk mail right into the trash. Don't take time to think about doing something with it or maybe even have a shredder close by for things that need to go. So that's an example about having a plan. The paper avalanche in our homes is number one 
clutter thing that needs to be conquered. Number three is have a limit. Once you know where you <clears throat> where you're going to keep something, don't overfill the space. This is how clutter starts, and this is how it continues. So here's another example. Let's say you've got you saw one store in town's having a great sale. You need a few new outfits. Have a bag in your closet or somewhere nearby. A Brahm sack works great. I use those all the time. It's a great way to recycle your Brahm sacks. I start putting things in that bag that I don't need anymore when I bring new things into the home. And that doesn't have to just apply to clothing. Um, this is extremely helpful. And then maybe over a period of time when you have three, four sacks for the whole family, you can donate or designate them to a charity of your choice or maybe somebody who's in need that you want to bless. Um, this is a quote that I've spoken over the years. We've been married. Stefan and I have been married 28 years, and we have moved 25 times. So I know a lot about packaging. I forgot to bring my coffee that mug this morning. A friend of mine that I help organize about 12 different rooms in her home made me a mug that says space engineer. And so I like to manage space. And so I guess that's an encouragement to you guys this morning. But everything should have a spot in your home. Like things together with like things. That's a pretty simple plan. Number four and the last one is have less. It's hard for you to get rid of things. It's expensive. This might be a reason that you're holding on to something. It's expensive. I just bought it. It's still good. It might come in handy someday. Has anybody? <laughs> I have a project that's been in my back room for three years, and I'm waiting to do this project. Um, I say to you today, let it go. <laughs> let my people go. Let the stuff go. Um, <laughs> this kind of thinking makes it very hard to part with anything. So here's a test for you today. And here's a test for you in terms of your clutter. Very simple. Two questions you ask yourself with whatever's beginning to clutter in your home. Do I use it? And do I love it? And if you've answered no to those two questions about something that you're holding on to, then forgive yourself for buying it and pass it on to someone who will enjoy it. It is very cleansing and freeing to move stuff out of your life, your home, and God laid this on my heart this morning, the pathway of importance. So I was thinking about that this morning, that there's so many things that we need to move on to and have time because our time is valuable that we need to move that stuff out of the way. And so that may mean planning for you. Maybe you don't want to plan an entire day to accomplish a task, but maybe you can break it down into small parts and begin somewhere. That's my message this morning is begin somewhere. My last tip, and this is on my heart a lot, is perfectionism is the enemy of getting it done or in Oklahoma, get her done. So today I say settle for get it done. That's it.
Is that good? You guys want more? I thought you'd say yes. Two things we got. One, I have an outline from her notes um, in the hallway on these yellow pieces of paper right here. Selling them for ten ninety five a piece. Just kidding. <laughs> now they're out there. If we run out, there's about seventy five. If we run out, then uh, we can make some more copies. Also, uh, this is kind of a teaser, but also a little practical tips to help some of you. Are, your your wheels are turning. You're getting some ideas. Like I never thought of that's a good idea. So to help you to get started, what we're going to do on January the ninth, uh, two thousand thirteen. Doesn't that sound weird? 2000. Anyway, January 9th, we're going to have, uh, we're going to invite uh, Andrew to come back and we're going to have uh, a light dinner at the church, food that gets my attention. And then we're going to have um, fellowship together and then have Andrea share, you know, we're going to have like an hour time so she can share some more and then you can, um, we can ask some questions. So we're going to have her come back and, and do that. Just some practical things to help us move forward into more of what, uh, what the Lord has for us. At New Covenant. Amen? Amen. Anybody hungry for more of God? More of Him moving in your lives? Go ahead and stand with me. Um, One thing I know Andrea does, uh, she mentioned, she uh, she does, well, I guess she's a space engineer. She space, not space like that, but room space engineer. But she does coaching. She'll go in people's homes and help them organize their homes and everything. I don't know how available she is for that or whatever, but you, if that sounds like something you may be interested in, um, I'm not sure, you know, she can talk to you about that, the fees and all that kind of stuff that's, uh, that's entailed with that. But um, if you're looking for an answer, if, if that's a real big issue in your life, don't let it stay that way. You know, seek some answers so you can move forward and, and be free, be free in this particular area. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for this morning, for what you've done. And, Lord, it just makes us hungry for more of you. And, Lord, what that means is just us giving more of ourselves.